Hey world, we are Citywide Church, creating the largest soul-saving effort ever seen right here in Bridgeport, Connecticut. We want to thank you for tuning in to this week's podcast. We would love to know how our ministry has touched your life. So if you have a couple of minutes, please send us an email at amen at citywidechurch.us. Also, if you would like more information about us or about how to support this ministry financially, you can visit our website at www.citywidechurch.us. Thank you again for listening, and as always, be encouraged and stay blessed. Man, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah, y'all sit down. Amen. This is new to me. I was telling your pastor, uh, uh, I grew up, I grew up in a traditional church. Um, very historical church. Um, Methodism um, has a certain way to do things. But I've always snuck out the side door and went over from a young age and went over to Church of God in Christ and, and non-denominational churches because I thought they had something that, that we didn't have. And I was searching even though I didn't vow to leave, I'm still here. But something has been pulling and nugget at me for the last three months. And I just can't keep doing this. And so the Lord is beginning to speak to me. And so I'm going to have to take a leap of faith. When I preach, I preach to myself first. Amen. This message is for me. And I'm on assignment for you today, amen. Your pastor, who's a wonderful man of God, an anointed man of God. I thank God for you, man. And how I see him move and operate in the liberty of the Lord, amen. I don't want to be bound any longer, so I'm praying that this next move of God, this next level, amen, this next dimension that God, this next assignment that God would have me on will allow me to be who he really created for me to be and to do the things that he really created for me to do. I'm excited to be with you all here today, amen. There is a word from the Lord. I, I didn't take this lightly from the time he spoke to me at 10 days of prayer. I began to ask God for a word for you, amen. And, and he took me to well, it's a few scriptures that I, I, that I reference. Uh, one was Luke, the first chapter, uh, beginning at the 39th verse. He took me there. Then he took me to 2 Corinthians 4 and 7. Then he took me to another scripture, John 3 and 8. And I began to look at those scriptures. So this is what the Lord told me to tell you. Are you all ready for this? First Luke chapter 1, verse 39. Now Mary arose in those days and went into a hill with haste. Just tell your neighbor, whatever you're going to do for the Lord, do it quickly. She moved with haste to a hill country, to a city of Judah, and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. 
And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greetings of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Somebody say amen. Then he took me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and verse 7. And there I found these words, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. He didn't stop there. He took me to John 3 and 8 and the Bible says, the wind bloweth where it listeth and thou hearest the sound thereof but cannot tell whence it coming and whether it goeth. So it is everyone that is born of the spirit. I want, I want to talk to you from this topic. Great things come in small packages. Great things come in small packages. Let's pray. Father, come now, Holy Spirit. Send your spirit in this place. Erupt all over the building. Move from heart to heart, breast to breast. We don't want to go out the same way we came in but empower us to do your will. In Jesus' name, somebody who loves him, shout amen. Y'all make me nervous, man. Listen, looking at, sitting there looking at y'all. Yeah, tell somebody, say, loose it up, loose it up. Y'all make it, Pastor McCullough nervous, amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Here we're going to start. Most believers don't really recognize that their body houses the Spirit of God. Most believers. I mean spirit-filled, I, I mean tongue-talking, anointed believers seem not to be cognizant of the fact that the glory of God lives in your body. And it's not so much that we intend to be unbelievers it's just that it boggles our mind. And when you begin to think, think of the greatness of God, see, most people don't know how great God is. They've reduced God down to good. Mm -hmm. They just added another O and called him good. But God, and he is good, but God is more than good. God, God, good, good just describes an aspect of who God really is. He's more than good. God is great. He's awesome. He's omnipotent. He's omnipresent. He's omniscient. God filleth all in all. He is before all things, in all things, and by him all things consist. I think John said it like this. In the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God. Behold, all things that were made were made by him. Not anything made that was made was not made by him. Somebody asked a question years ago, is God dead? And I, I, I thought that that was the most ridiculous, idiotic thing that I had ever heard before in my life. There is no way that God could be dead or there is no way that God could die because he was never born. 
He can't die. Moses went far back as he could, and when he got all the way back to the beginning, uh -huh, God was standing somewhere behind that. And he said, in the beginning, God. He couldn't find God's beginning. He can only find our beginning. And when he backed up as far as he could go, he said, God is still standing somewhere behind that. David said it like this, from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God, without beginning or end of days. He is the Melchizedek. He, he ever liveth, uh-huh, he ever liveth. He is God. One writer said he sits on the circle of the earth. That heaven is his throne and earth is his footstool. God said, I'm so big that I rest on your planet. I am God, meaning that everything is underneath my control. That there's absolutely nothing, nothing going on that I don't have control over. Y'all pray with me, I'm going somewhere. Not of things in the earth, nor things under the earth. And then he says, I alone am God. I don't have a committee. I don't have a board. I don't have a boss. I alone am God. And besides me, there is none other. He, he said, I look, I look, I look for someone greater than me to swear by. And he said, but I couldn't find anything greater than myself. Therefore, I swear by myself. He's the by myself God. I redeemed you by myself. I called you by myself. I saved you by myself. I helped you by myself. I delivered you by myself. I will wrap to you by myself. I will preserve you by myself. I will keep you by myself. I wish I had some help in here. I will protect you by myself. I will provide for you by myself. I will counsel you by myself. I will repair you by my, I wish I had some help in here. I will raise you by myself. I am the standalone God. I wish I had some help. I ain't got nobody in here with me. I am the standalone God. Now, now, it becomes inconceivable that the God of the universe, the God of eternity, would make himself available to you. The first place in the book of Genesis, God talks about how the spirit moves. The spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. The very first thing that God tells us about his spirit is that it moves. And from the book of Genesis, where it moves all the way to the book of Revelation, where your pastor just finished reading from, all the way to, it says, even so, come Lord Jesus. The Spirit of God is moving and coming and declaring from chapter to chapter, from verse to verse. He's always intervening in, and sometimes interfering in the affairs of men because he's God. He has a right to do that. And nobody can stop him from doing it. He's God all by himself. 
and the Spirit of God move upon the face of the deep. And when the Bible begins to talk about God dealing with man, about the eighth chapter of the book of Genesis, he begins to warn us. He says, my spirit will not strive with man always. And there was a striving period where the spirit of God begins to strive with us, to wrestle with us, to develop us. It's talking about Noah, but even with us, he's striving. He strives with us. There is a time in your life where God is striving with you. And some of you are in here right now, whether you know it or not, God is striving with you. He's striving with you. He's striving with you. And, 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 and you haven't really sold out yet. You haven't really sold out to God. And you haven't really committed your life to the Lord yet. And there's a struggling going on. And some of you have a strong resistance to God. And you can't have a resistance to God without, without an opposite force pulling you. Something is pulling you away from God. And the reason you are so obstinate about God is because there's a struggle going on in your life. And God is striving with you. And some of you are proud of how, how well you have resisted God. But I want to warn you. I want to warn you, you should be afraid. Suppose he stops calling. Suppose he stops pulling and tugging at your heart. That's why he said, the day you hear my voice, harden not your heart. He said, don't play hard to get. Don't play hard to get with me because I don't have to have you. I could raise up somebody who looks just like you and they would never know, even know you were gone. I wish I had a witness in here. And the spirit of God, of the Lord in chapter 8 begins to strive with men. And we soon enter into a period where we see visitations of the Holy Spirit. Where the Holy Spirit came upon us for a specific task. The visit, this visitation is represented by the anointing that falls on us. And they are anointed God anointed them to perform a particular task. And all throughout the Old Testament, you hear phrases like, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon Joshua. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon Ezekiel. Meaning that the Lord anointed them for a particular task or an assignment. And these visitations, they happen over and over and over again in the Old Testament. All the way up to the minor prophets and the major prophets. All through the books of poetry, we see God visiting people. Visiting his kings. Visiting his judges. Visiting his prophets for a particular assignment. He visited Habakkuk. He visited Jeremiah. He visited Obadiah. He visited Zephaniah. He visited Micah. He visited Amah. He visited Jonah. He visited, he visited all the way up to Malachi. And for 400 years, God said absolutely nothing at all. And the next time we see the Spirit of God move, he's not just moving on prophets, he's not just moving on priests and kings, but there is a pregnant woman. 
I ain't lost. Tell somebody he ain't lost. There's a pregnant woman, a woman named Elizabeth, who is pregnant with a child. And she doesn't understand how in the world she was able to get pregnant. And there's a young girl who gets pregnant there shortly afterwards, her cousin named Mary. And Mary is pregnant with that that was given to her because the Holy Ghost comes upon her and filled her. And there is something in her belly. And when Mary, in her confusion about her pregnancy, because she knows that she's never been with a man, God knocks on the door of her cousin Elizabeth, and the Bible said that when these two pregnant women, when these two pregnant women got together, something happened. Let me tell you something about fellowship. The reason our fellowship is not as powerful as it ought to be is because we fellowship with people who have empty wounds. I ain't got no help in here. And when you fellowship with people who have empty wounds, that's why I say the Lord is speaking to me. When you fellowship with people who have empty wounds, they drain you. They pull the life out of you because they don't have anything to give you. But if you can ever find somebody, I wish I had some help in here. If you can find any two people who are pregnant, that, that God has done. I'm not talking about what the university did. I'm not talking about what you can mimic. I'm not talking about what you practice in a mirror. But if you run into two people that are pregnant with what God has done, the Bible said that when Mary and Elizabeth greeted each other, the babies leaped in the wounds and were filled with the Holy Holy Ghost. Think about it if you would. That God would fill a baby, an embryo, still in his mother's womb. Water hadn't even broken. The baby hadn't even cried yet. Floating in mother's fluids. Uh-huh. Already filled with the Holy Ghost. I ain't got no help in here. How can you do that? Because great things come in small packages. The first man, Adam, God created him grown. The first man, Adam, he was never a baby. He had to never develop. He never grew. But the second man, Adam, he started him out in the womb. Filled him with the Holy Ghost. Born in a manger. Wrapped in swaddling clothes. And God, God, because God wants you to know that though I'm omnipotent, though I'm omnipresent, though I'm omniscient, I'm going to do my greatest work in small packages. And when you begin to understand that church, when you begin to understand that you understand God's purpose in the earth is to dwell in you, in you. Somebody say me. He's talking about you sitting there right now with all of your problems, 
with all of your crises, with all of your trouble, with all of your weakness, with all of your inconsistencies, with all of your frailties, do you understand that God chose to live in you? A small thing, a weak thing, a frail thing, an inconsistent thing, but it's just please God to make his abode in your house. I wish I had some help in here. I would wager, I would wager, if I was a betting man, I would wager that the vast majority of the people in this room have no sense or consciousness that God lives in them. Let me help you out because if you did, defeat would not be in your vocabulary. I ain't got no help in here, Lord. I ain't got no help. Defeat wouldn't be in your vocabulary. If you really believe that God was with you, then how can you fear that your boat was going to sink? How can your boat sink if Jesus is on board? Even if he's asleep, if he's on the ship anywhere, I don't care how fierce the storm is, he will never overwhelm you if he lives inside of you. Say that with me. He lives with me. Say that with me. He lives in me. Now think about what you just said. He lives with you. Say it again. He lives in me. Think about that every day, every week, every month, every year, every season. He lives with you. He doesn't just come and go. No, we come and go. He doesn't just come and go. He doesn't just visit you for church. He doesn't just come upon you when you preach. No, that's all over in the Old Testament. That's not just driving uh -huh, with your weaknesses and your sin. That's all over in the Old Testament. He's not just coming upon you as an assignment, but he lives in you. Apostle Paul said, the Christ in you, the hope of glory. Look at your neighbor and say, you can't sink me. You can't sink me. No matter how hard you try, you can't sink me. The storm can break out everywhere, but you'll never sink me. You might make me cry, but you will never sink me. You might even get on my nerves every now and then, but you will never sink me. You might make me weak and break out into a sweat, but you will never sink me. I may even be inconsistent, but you won't sink me. I may be tossed uh, to and fro uh, by the winds and the waves, uh, but baby, you will never sink me. Look at your neighbor. Look at your neighbor. Tell him I don't look like much, but great things come in small packages. Yeah, I don't look like much, but great things come in small packages. Paul said we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. He put it in cheap vessels. Mm -hmm. I ain't got no help in here, Lord. Tell your neighbor, you ain't so suchy much. Some of y'all think you're that and all that in a bag of chips. You, tell your neighbor, you ain't, you ain't all of that. 
Stop lying to yourself. The vessel isn't much, but the contents are awesome. Can I just get one witness? And whenever you start operating in that level of anointing, powerful things begin to happen. Because we push past flesh into the supernatural power of God. And when you can get into the supernatural, you can do things that you couldn't do in your flesh. And the reason most of you are tired right now is because you're trying to do spiritual warfare in your flesh. And you cannot, hear me when I tell you, have a spiritual victory while you're operating in the flesh. You've got to fight in the spirit. For the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of stronghold, casting down imaginations in every high place that exalted himself uh -huh, above the knowledge of God and bringeth into captivity every thought and obedience to Christ. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to whip the enemy. I'm going to whip the enemy. I'm going to whip. Come on, say it like you mean it. I'm going to whip the enemy. I'm going to whip him with something you can't see. He'll never even see it coming. He'll even, never even know what hit him. He'll be looking at me and saying, mm, ain't much working with the package. Ain't much there. They too fat. They too big. They too ugly. They too tall. They too this. They too that. They don't have no answer. But don't let the package fool you, baby. The package may be small. The package may be weak. The package may be frail. The package, but the stuff on the inside is explosive. It's dynamite it's dynamite it's dynamite it's the force of God somebody holler God yeah somebody holler God and whenever you call him, I said whenever you call him, whenever you get tired of calling people and break down and call him, I don't care if they lock you in a jail cell. Whenever you call him, whenever you throw your head back and holler his name out, he said, my ear is open to your cry. Somebody holler God. He'll come in your storm. He'll come in your crisis. He'll come in your midnight. He'll come into your dilemma. He'll come into your trouble. He, uh, he knows your voice. While on others thou art calling. He says, I know your voice. Why are you trying to learn my voice? God says, I already know your voice. I don't care if a thousand people are screaming my name. If you call me, God can always hear. Uh -huh. He says, I'll come when you call me. All you got to do is call me. He said, I'll break you in a jail cell and come and get you. Ah, I'll come and get you. Look at your neighbor and say, be careful how you handle me. I'm dynamite. Yeah, yeah, I'm dynamite. I'm dynamite. Uh -huh. JJ used to say, I'm dynamite. Uh -huh. Oh, it's not the package, baby. The package is just junk. Uh -huh. The package is just junk. Uh -huh. Because if you can get past the wrapper, uh -huh, down on the inside, there's some great stuff 
down on the inside. I said you got greatness down inside of you. There's greatness in weakness. God says my strength is made perfect in weakness. God says I always choose weak that the glory might not be of them but of me. It pleases me to show you how much I can do in something so small and something so tiny and something so insignificant because I am God. Somebody say, how can that weakling pull that great big old thing? It's because God is behind me. And when God's get behind you, you don't have to have enough money. You don't have to have enough friends. When God gets behind you, you don't have to have enough help. You don't have to have enough strength. You don't even need a husband or a wife. Or you don't need anything. If God gets behind you, put your hand on your stomach and holler, the Lord is with me. That's some shouting stuff right there. Mm -hmm. the Lord is with me and I shall not be moved mm -hmm. I shall not be moved because the Lord is with me Paul says Christ in you the hope of glory some of you have never released the real anointing mm -hmm. that you have inside of you and I would venture to say that's the reason you're going through all the troubles that you're going through that's the reason all hell has broke off in your life. Because trouble crushes the anointing out of you. Trouble presses the anointing out of you. And if you would learn how to open up and wouldn't have to be crushed like you are, you, you got to stop being so tight and so clothed and so kept and so in control. Some of y'all are in so much control, you got to learn how to let go and let God. God has to send stuff into your life that you can't control so that he can crush the anointing out of you. But whenever you learn how to just open up and release, you won't have to go through so much because your spirit and your will is so strong and so stubborn. God allows you to go through pressings and crushings. Uh-huh. Until you finally open up. Trouble will make you open up. Mm -hmm. And the glory of the Lord begins, begins to come out of your belly. And you're in trouble. And you have nobody to talk to but God. And if God doesn't help you, you're going to lose your mind. You're going to break out, slap the dog, uh -huh, kick the cat, beat the children. And then you're going to find yourself in tears, running down your face, saying, Lord, I need you. And the glory inside you begin to come out, come out of your belly. How many people want to be more godly in here? Yeah. Well, in order to be more godly, that was my introduction. Y'all ready? In order to be more godly, number one, you must prepare yourself. You got to prepare yourself for things that God is about to do in your life. God wants you to be a think-ahead person. A person whose mind is already down the road. You got to always be talking about the next move. Always several steps ahead of the pack. Never looking back. Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind me and reaching for something that's in front of me. Never talking about what happened to you. 
People who fail are always regurgitating the same, the same experiences, repeating them over and over and over and over again, unable to bring closure. When it's over, it's over. But people who are successful can always think ahead. They have a plan. They're getting happier now about what's coming ahead. I wish I had some go-ahead people. People don't understand. How can you shout at a time like this? But they are looking at the condition you're in right now. But she's not looking at where she is. She's looking at where she's going. She's already living, already moving, already operating, already walking in the future. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm already in the future. I'm already in the future. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? I'm telling you. I'm telling you it's getting better. All the time. I'm telling you it's going to be all right. I just got a feeling. Everything's going to be all right. I'm not worried about my present. Uh -huh. Are y'all hearing me? I'm not worried about my present. I'm all, I've already been to the top of the mountain. I've already seen the lightning flash. I've already seen the other side. Pastor Burgo just read Revelation. I already know how the story ends. And so the stuff that I'm dragging right now, I'm not dragging to fix where I am. I'm not working on where I am. I, where I am will take care of itself. I'm working on where I'm going. So when I tell you to prepare yourself, I want to see you building stuff for the next move. I want to see you building heart in your backyard and wait for the rain. I want to see you make life catch up with you. People who walk with God are always ahead of life. They do stupid stuff. People laugh at them and call them crazy. They prepare for rain and nobody's never even heard of rain. And they build boats in their backyard and let the rain catch up with the boat. They're ahead of their time. They're always walking in the next dimension. Are there any people in this room that are starting to walk in the next dimension? I ain't got nobody in here. Are there any people in here starting to walk in the next dimension? And you are not worried about what other people are worried about. And you used to didn't be like that. You used to worry about everything. But now you are headed or you're heeded to the message of the Lord. And you're preparing yourself. Somebody holler, prepare yourself. That's number two, one. You got to prepare yourself. Number two. Position yourself to operate life from a position of strength. Everybody has weaknesses. Let me say that to your face. Everybody has weaknesses. I ain't got no help. Everybody has weaknesses. Nobody got everything. Let me just say it again. Everybody has weaknesses. Just because you have a weakness doesn't mean you can't survive the jungle. You have to operate from a position of strength rather than from a position of weakness. Everybody in here, every last one of us in here has got some weaknesses, some inconsistencies, some inabilities, some frailties, some vulnerabilities, areas where you are intimidated, 
everybody in here. I don't care how saved you are. I don't care how spiritual you are, how anointed, how consecrated. I don't care how much money you got. I don't care how pretty you are, tall, short, fat, skinny. Everybody in here can heed to the voice of the Lord in some area of your life. You are limited. But if you would allow God to position you, God has already got a place that will accommodate your weakness. I wish I had some help in here. And build you up where you can live your life from a position of strength. Somebody holler, Lord, position me. That's what we want the Lord to do, position us. But we can't stop here. We can't stop here. If we stop with preparing position, our life would not be complete. I want you to touch everybody you can and say, partner with me. Touch everybody you can and say, partner with me. Partner with me. Partner with me. Partner with me. The church must learn how to come from your individualistic attitude and begin to understand that if you're going to get this next wave of glory, then you can't go in by yourself. Yeah. You got to come in in a pack. You got to come in in a company. You got to run with some hungry people. You can't run with weak, satisfied, laid back, mediocre folk. You got to run with a pack of people who have an appetite for life and an appetite for God and an appetite for the anointing. See, that will stop jealousy if you run with hungry people. See, they're so busy eating what's in front of them that they don't mind you eating what's in front of you. But you've been running with lazy people and slowful people. But you've got to run with some hungry people. The Lord said hungry people only run with people that have a great appetite. That they do, do thirst and hunger after righteousness. Shall touch somebody and tell them I'm hungry. If two hungry saints of God got in your house and got in your office, they would turn your office upside down. If you and your neighbor would start praying in your neighborhood, you would devour your neighborhood. If you can find anybody in your house to touch and agree with you, you can devour anything that the enemy is trying to do in your house. But you've got to hear the voice of the Lord. I wish I had a witness in here. For this move of God, you've got to let somebody help you. Some of you have issues with letting people help you. You don't talk to nobody. You don't open up to anybody. You don't want any, you don't want to admit to anybody that you need anything. But God is teaching us that you're going to need some help to get this next level. Touch your neighbor, tell him I'm going to need some help. I'm going to need some help. I know you think you're Superman. I know you think you're bad. But you, 
you can't do this by yourself. You're going to need some help. I, I, do I got a witness in here? You're gonna, I'm gonna need, you're gonna need to surround yourself with people that help you. You need to surround myself with people that's got an appetite. I need to surround myself with people of passion and the love, people of force. I need to surround myself with the people I will not be defeated. The Israelites, they were great in number. And when they went into a city to capture it, there were so many in the masses that they went in as a people without number and that they came, which means they couldn't be the number. And anytime they went into a camp, they took everything. There is no reason why you ought to be defeated today because Jesus died so that you can go into the enemy's camp and take back what the devil stole from you. Jesus died so that you can cross over into the next level. Jesus died uh -huh, so that no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. Touch somebody and tell them the believers are coming. 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 When any two of you or three of you get together, you become literally unstoppable. You messed up when you quit. The message is you cannot quit. No matter what obstacles you face, no matter how tall the walls are you got to climb, no matter what they build up against you, the word from the Lord is to you, never give up. Do not quit. Look at somebody and say, do not quit. If you can't get in the door, then go through the window. If you can't get in the window, then climb up through the gutter. If you can't get in the gutter, go up under the porch. The word teaches us, keep on fighting. Keep on pushing. Keep on dragging. Keep on pulling. You got to become relentless. Are there any relentless people in here? I want to talk to about 50 relentless people in here. Where are you relentless people? I'm looking for some relentless people. Some come hell or high water people. Some people who will not be denied. People who will not take no for an answer. People who will not stop until you get what the Lord has promised you. People who will not give up. Slap somebody and tell them I'm relentless. I'm relentless. I'm relentless. I've been through hell and high water, but I'm still here. I, they tried to stop me at every turn, but guess what? I'm still here. And some of y'all, the devil tried to kill you when you were in your mother's womb, but you're still here. You got sick when you were a baby, but you're still here. You got evicted in your youth, but you are still here. Yeah, I wish I had some help in here. You got locked up in a jail cell, but you're still here. People tried to kill you, but you're still here. Somebody tried to shoot you, but you're still still here. You've been in a car wreck, but you're still here. You came out of surgery, but just where my relentless people at? But you are still here. You got an affliction in your body, but you're still here. You got a lump on your breast, but you're still here. You shooting insulin every day, but you're still here. Taking high blood pressure medication, but you're still here. <laughs> where my relentless people? <laughs> Holler at me if you're still here. Touch three people and tell them I'm still here. Ah, you gotta be relentless. You can't take no for an answer. You gotta go in the enemy's camp and take back what the devil stole from you. 
Somebody shout in this place. Come on, give God a praise. Give God a praise. Any kind of praise. Pray. You still here? The devil couldn't kill you. I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm relentless. I'm reckless. I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm little, but I'm bad. I'm bad. I'm still here. I'm broke, but I'm bad. I'm still here. I'm lonely, but I'm bad. I'm still here. I'm hurting, but I'm bad. I'm still here. Touch three believers and tell them I'm still here. Tell them, say, the believers are coming. The believers are coming. The believers are coming. The believers are coming. Give me some reckless people. Give me some relentless people. People who won't quit. People who won't stop. People who won't doubt. I'm just wondering, are there any believers in the house? Yeah, 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 yeah. Survival with your bad self. Survival against all odds. Survival against all the storms. Survival against all practice. All of your dilemmas, you survived. Come on, make some noise in the house. Can I tell you one more thing? I want to tell you one more thing. Can y'all sit down? I'm still on the side. I got one more thing to tell you. The last thing I want to tell you is that that, that, that once you do all those other three, then you got to propel yourself. Got to propel yourself. All right? I want somebody who's in trouble just tell your neighbor, say, I'm going to jump out of this mess. Yeah, just tell them, say, I'm coming out fast. Yeah, I'm going to leap out of this mess. Yeah, I'm coming out quick. Yeah, I am. I'm not going to wait. It's not going to take a long time. I'm going to jump out of this mess. I'm coming out with the quickness. I'm getting ready to propel myself. Somebody ought to just jump up in here. Somebody ought to just jump up in here. Somebody ought to just jump up in here. Somebody ought to, I ain't got but two people in here who about to jump out of this mess. Somebody ought to, you getting ready to propel yourself. The devil was looking at you saying, you don't have much. The devil was looking at your money. He was looking at how much money you got. The devil was looking at your education and saying you waited too late. He was looking at your age and saying you can't do it. But the devil was looking at the wrong thing. I'm getting ready to jump out of this mess. I'm getting ready to leap out of this mess. I wish I had some help in here. You gotta jump. You gotta jump. You gotta jump. Hold up. See, hold up, hold up. You gotta catch this. Catch this. 
The answer is not just in your jumping. It's when you jump. When you jump, the believer is so smart. He, until he waits, until the wind blows. I know y'all thought I was lost. The believer is so smart that he waits until the wind blows. I wish I had some help in here. And when the believer hears the rustling in the top of the trees, he can tell that it's a great gust of wind. He can tell. He always know when to jump. And the wind will carry the believer for miles. And the Lord sent me here to tell you that your wind is about to blow. Your wind is about to blow. And if you jump right now, hey, the power, the power, the power. Trust me, people, tell them the wind is blowing. 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 The wind. The wind. The wind. The wind is blowing. The wind. And that wind is the Holy Ghost. For the Bible says that Jesus said that the Spirit is like a wind. For it bloweth where it listeth. And we not know, do not know from whence it came. And yet we experience where it's going. In the book of Acts it said, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind. So what it means is that when the Holy Ghost moves, where you couldn't go by yourself, if you would just leap into the anointing. The wisdom of the Lord is that the anointing will take you places that you can't go on your own. I wish I had a witness in here. But here's the problem. Catch this, watch this. Here's the problem. You cannot navigate where you go. Did y'all hear what I said? You cannot fly against the wind. You cannot chart your own course. Nor can you change the direction of the wind. The wind is the wind. Are y'all hearing me? And so you have to be dependent upon the wind. And whenever the wind blows... That's where you must go. So the Lord said, if you want to be blessed this year, you've got to propel yourself into the wind. And whenever the wind blows, that's where you got to go. Hit your neighbor and say, stop flying against the wind. Listen at this. I have a word for you. 
if you would heed to the word of the Lord and only leap when the wind blows, the next wind that comes by you is going to blow you completely out of the situation you've been into. Ah! And take you right to the, your next dimension. The Lord sent me here to tell you, I'm on assignment, that when the believer gets into the wind, they travel without struggle. They travel without stress. Because it's the power of the wind that gets you there. Not your own stuff. And the Lord told me to tell you, you've been wearing yourself down. Trying to propel yourself through your own strength. But y'all ain't got to do that if you leap high enough to get into the wind of God's spirit. And when God's spirit begins to blow, it's going to blow you into success. It's going to blow you into your money. It's going to blow you into your healing. It's going to blow you into your husband, your wife, your calling, your future, your ministry. You don't have to try to make a name for yourself. All you got to do is propel yourself into the wind. Come on, throw your hands up. Throw your hands up. Throw your hands up and say, into the wind I go. Into the wind I go. Into the wind I go. Come on, open your mouth and begin to praise God right now. Come on, praise him right now. Praise him right now. Come on, if you're going to be blessed, you got to get the ability to recognize the wind. Recognize the wind is blowing. The wind is blowing. The wind is blowing. You got to propel yourself. What you're listening for? Come on, the wind is blowing. Come on, we're not listening for CNN. Come on, we're not listening for the stock market. Come on, we're not listening for the news in the barbershop or the hair salon. We're listening for the wind of the Lord. The spirit is moving. Listen, listen, listen. The wind is blowing. The wind is blowing. The wind is blowing. The wind is blowing. Prepare yourself. Prepare yourself. Prepare yourself. Prepare yourself. Watch this, watch this. If the wind blows and you don't jump, you're going to miss it. It means that God is doing something, but you were too low to get it. Everything has a purpose, a season, and a time. A purpose that's eternal. That deals with what, what God eternally had in mind to occur in your life. A season is when it's your window to do it. But time deals with earth. It is something that you have to do. You have to know when it's time to do what God has called you to do. You can't control the season and you didn't set the purpose. But the timing issue is something that you have to have. Timing. Somebody say timing, timing. Look at somebody and say, it's my time. Timing is something you have to sense. You can't sense it, you'll miss it. Mm -hmm. and that's why the enemy sends sin. 
send sin in your life to dull your senses. And then when your senses are dull, you can't feel the time. The devil can't stop your purpose. He can't stop your season. But he tries to mess with your time. So that you're doing the, wrong, the right thing at the wrong time. Or you're doing the wrong thing at the right time. And it's time for you to be moving ahead. You stuck at the wrong time. There's somebody in this room, your wind is blowing. Your wind is blowing. Your wind is, I came to tell you. That's all I can do today. I can't control your reactions. I don't know what you're going to do about it. But it's my job to tell you. The wind is blowing. The wind is blowing. The wind is blowing. The wind is blowing. Bow your heads with me. Father, we thank you. You're an awesome God. Mind renew a thirst quenching God that you are able to calm the rampant beatings and stressful tauntings that will come against us. God, we thank you for being so good, for being so compassionate. Thank you for your word today. As we prepare ourselves and position ourselves and we partner, and then last, propel ourselves to go to the place you're trying to get us. Have your way in our life. We're going to be careful to give your name praise. Somebody needs you today. Touch broken hearts. Mend them. Somebody needs a healing. Somebody needs to be delivered. God, we thank you for what you're going to do. Have your way. Have your way. In Jesus' name, somebody who loves him, shout amen. amen. Come on, give him praise. We want to thank you again for listening to our podcast. We hope you've been blessed by this sermon. If you would like to share how God may have blessed you through this message, please feel free to share your testimony on our Facebook page at Citywide Church. And while you're there, like our page for daily updates. You can also follow us on Instagram at Citywide Church. Just a reminder, if you would like more information about this ministry or how to support us financially, please visit our website at www.citywidechurch.us. We hope you tune in next week to our podcast. Thank you again. Be encouraged. Stay blessed. Thank you.